The following podcast is a W2M Network original production. Visit W2Mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment. I started to question myself if I was launching Lucha Underground and I had accidentally flipped over to Cinemax. Not a whole lot of faces shown as far when it comes to Brenda, so. <laughs> yeah. You're you're spot on there, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> this is the house that AJ Styles built. Uh, you know, like Nakamura, he's just such a great star. It doesn't matter what you do with him. People are going to cheer for him. Did you feel the gloriousness? Did you feel it? Bobby Roode did his job this is insane how great they are well i think the authors of pain are young prodigies that's how good we are representing bullet club this is what we do super kid party i just i just think my role is different and i i said this to uh i had a podcast with Agent christian i said the same thing regardless of if i have outside opportunities or not there's the ice maker again I'm, uh, I'm 40 years old, and, and I have 15 years of, of track experience here in the WWE, and not at a normal level, at an elite level. And I don't know how much, I don't know how long I can keep it up. If, if I had opportunities outside, great. If I didn't, it, it, I, I think I got to know when to say when at that point. And, I, and I'm not done, but I, I don't know if I can keep going at the pace that I've been going. Ladies and gentlemen, wrestling to the max. And your host, Gary Vaughn, Sean Garmer, and Paul Leeser. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Wrestling to the Max, episode 266, and of course, this is not part one, this is not part two, this is both combined, that's right, you're going to get a Wrestling to the Max super show tonight, and once again, we are wanting you to know, check out W2Net.com, because that's where you go find all of our great wrestling content, and a lot more. Also, go check out and subscribe, rate, and review everything over there at Wrestling to the Max, wherever you get your podcast from. Maybe you have your Apple podcast set up with us or you have podcasts at youtube any place on earth that you can find us including iHeartRadio. make sure you go ahead and do that today want to give a big shout out to formula1mania.com as well as last word on prowrestling.com both are great supporters of our show and we appreciate them both and everything they do go check out their amazing sites you're going to love every minute of it and uh, once, you know, again, I also want to mention uh, we are having an exciting stuff, uh, you know, going on in the world of wrestling. So there's a ton of things that we are going to get into tonight. We are going to be talking about Lucha Underground and Ultima Lucha. We had our first episode of that. We're really excited about talking about that tonight. We'll be getting some amazing uh, discussion about New Japan and everything that they had going on over there this weekend. Death Before Dishonor and Ring of Honor are some things that happened this 
earlier uh, you know, this week, you know, last weekend. We didn't get a chance to do, so we're going to do that tonight. It'll be a really fun time to do that. And we're talking Global Force Wrestling from this uh, episode this week and uh, crowning a superstar of the week. Uh, that pretty much sums it all up. So we've had a lot of stuff to cover tonight, uh, but it's going to be a great time. I am your host, Gary Vaughn, and along with me is Paul Leeser. hey and Paul, like I just told the people, we got a lot of stuff to cover, and they're probably thinking to themselves right now, oh my god, they're going to talk about all that? Uh, yeah, no, don't worry, guys. What's really cool about this is, uh, you know, the fact that some of this is kind of short, right, Paul? I mean, yeah. some of this is just kind of like two matches in a show. Uh, the New Japan stuff, you're going to kind of summarize through a lot of that, Paul, and mm-hmm. just give the important stuff. So it, trust me, people, it sounds like a mouthful. It sounds like six hours of content. We're going to make sure we get it to you in an efficient way that keeps your attention but doesn't put you to sleep. Because trust me, I would go to sleep if it was like that too. And, Paul, you wouldn't enjoy that. No, I, uh, I, I've done shows by myself. They're fun in their own way of just trying to make sure you're constantly engaged uh, but if if you died on me and it was just me summarizing, I uh, I might not make it either. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that would be pretty awful, right? Uh, but yeah, I just want people to know that because once again, it sounded like a mouthful and it sounded like so much to to kind of go over. But uh, it, it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm really stoked about it, um, and, and we're not going to delay really a long time. But I've got to say this, uh, you know, of course, you haven't heard me introduce Sean. Sean is of course doing the football show tonight. And the reason, you know, we're kind of, you know, having him take the night off is because we've got a lot to cover over here. And Sean has been so busy with the football side of things, which I'm very glad he's able to do that because I I know I'm not able to. So I'm kind of being taken away from that show and and allowing him to do that. And he's allowing me to do this show, which is fine. It works out for all of us. So I just want people to know where Sean's at. So go check him out. Football to the max. He's going to talk about that amazing, uh, uh, you know, crazy, you know, whole situation happened on Thursday Night Football. He's going to talk about all that stuff. The game wasn't exactly a, you know, great game, but you had some controversy, uh, some big hits and things like that to talk about. So, uh, and that's the oldest, you know, in wrestling, you call it a feud, but the oldest matchup in football, the Green Bay Packers and the Chicago Bears. So there's always some tension, you know, that's their, basically that's Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. So, will be, yeah. <laughs> it feels like it, right? <laughs> so, but there you go. Just wanted to give people a shout out where Sean's at, and we love Sean to death, and, and we don't want to take so many shows away with Sean not being here. But with football season coming around and being so tough on us all, it, it's just the way it works out. Uh, I, I'm about to be gone though next week, and, and you know, Paul. I mean, I, I'm not going to say that I'm going to love being away from the show because I'm definitely going to miss it. Monday and Thursday are going to be so weird for me, not sitting down and doing wrestling and talking you know with you guys but it's gonna be nice to kind of get away from things and you know get a chance to go see the shows and you know do all the fun stuff you do on a cruise right especially the 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 chocolate bar that they have that one night of the week they have this whole chocolate extreme thing that they got going and i know the ladies love it but it's pretty darn good i'm gonna admit uh so i'm looking forward to getting there and doing stuff like that oh it's gonna be so much fun i I love chocolate i would gorge and then i i'd have to take the next day off from any cruise activity i couldn't do it (laughs) yeah it it gets pretty serious man i'm just worried that i'm gonna be excited about it and i'm just gonna start going sexual chocolate (laughs) 
<laughs> and I, and then, uh, then I may get kicked off. So I'm going to try not to, but it's going to be really tempting. Ask him uh, to carve a hand for you out of chocolate and just walk around and do it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Although they may be really concerned what I was going to do with the hand. So. They might. They might be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, so we not cleaned your room up. Nope. <laughs> not doing that. Yeah. <laughs> so, which leads me to the American Horror Story this week. Oh, anyway, I won't. Uh, if you see, if anybody listening to me talk about American Horror Story, just think about this past week's episode. You'll know all about that party. Uh, talking about that hand. So, uh, but anyway, uh, this is not a. Yeah, trust me, Paul. If you saw that episode, woof. Yeah. Anyway, uh, it's very crazy. Uh, so let's talk about what we got going on tonight. We're going to jump in first with some big news topics. I'm really you know, stoked about that because we got some kind of interesting things going on in the world of wrestling right now. So let's do that next, Paul. Let's jump into some quick hits. Let's do it. It's time for wrestling news. Quick hits. Take it away, Gary. All right, guys. Well, you know, there are some really interesting things going on here in the world of wrestling. And, you know, we've got some situations that have, you know, kind of started to take place. One of the things that we're going to jump into tonight, and, you know, if I can scroll this thing down for a little further, make sure I get the right topic. Uh, WB has issued a cease and desist to the Young Bucks once again, Paul. And this is not for the suck it stuff, which, you know, I kind of understand. Uh, but this is actually about the too sweet gesture that these guys do. And not only do they say it, not only do they, you know, do the gesture, but they also have merchandise with a too sweet logo, right? Mm-hmm. And things like that, which, you know, has kind of been going on for a while. Uh, but WB has taken a little bit more attention to it. I don't think it's because really just because they're just now seeing it. I think they've seen it for a long time. Mm-hmm. But really what it is is speculation going around that when the Young Bucks came and did their own version of DX outside of Raw, that caused WB to say, okay, I see it here. You know, you're going to play that card. Here's our card. Uh, that seems a little petty, but WB is petty. Supposedly WWE and Vince were, were quite upset at this. Uh, and I've seen the being of the elite episode of them running around raw. Like, it's not like they had a huge crowd following them around. They, they have one kind of outside the limo, but, uh, like they, they start running around the arena and they, they got like maybe a hundred people with them. If that, uh, at least you can see on the camera, there, there could have been more for all I know, but this just seems still like it's, it was a joke. It's a parody. They've been parodying them the entire time on their show. And can you? Can you even own a hand gesture? Like, that feels it's like something you can't really copyright, you know? I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Maybe you can, but, uh, I mean, God, it's, it's, it's just so silly. And, they like, they want them to sign these forms that say they'll never do it again, and if they keep doing it, they're going to, you know, they're going to sue them for, like, $150,000 in damages, and it's just, like, this huge, ridiculous number, like... Get over it. <laughs> you you got one up. It's fine. <laughs> uh, you know, here's the thing. If anybody can own a patent to everything, I believe it is WWE. Yeah. I, I really do. And there are very many other com- companies and promotions and, you know, organizations that, 
have patents and you know have copyrights, but they don't do everything. WWE almost seems to find every single thing and they copyright it, and it's it's nuts to even think about. Once again, I mean, I get it. You're not really happy. Vince is just kind of offended. But my God, you did this to somebody else, and now you're going to be a hypocrite? Oh, you can't do that. It's not funny. Or, And not only that, let's be honest. Yes, you bought WCW, but that was totally the thing of Hall and Nash, right? I mean, that was kind of that NWO thing that was kind of going around and you own the, the WCW, and yes, I get it. You kind of own Hall and Nash in a way, but that was not even started by WB Creative, from my remembrance. I don't remember them ever starting that. Like that, I don't remember that being a storyline, anything they started. So you have Hall and Nash, from my remembrance, and maybe correct me if I'm wrong, Paul, but they kind of gave their blessing to the Young Bucks. They did. So it's I mean, also an old click thing too. Yeah, so it's a click thing, mm-hmm. and you know, and I'm sure Triple H, you know, probably had his, you know, whatever. I, I don't care. They're the young bucks do whatever, right? Yeah. And now all of a sudden it's a problem, and I don't think it's a Triple H thing. I think you're right. I think it's a Vince McMahon thing. He didn't like it. He thought it was, you know, something that they shouldn't have been doing. Blah blah blah, whatever. So it, it to me, it's just super petty. It, it's annoying. I, I just. <sighs> It bothers me. It really does, and it shouldn't bother me, but it really does. I, I kind of feel like that they're doing a, a disservice to the world of wrestling by trying to kill off the Young Bucks gimmick. It's that's exactly what they're doing. They're trying to kill their gimmick. Mm-hmm. It, it very much does feel like that. Uh, and the second thing I understand, like I can remember T-shirts and stuff like that for DX that had all that on there. They they probably owned that logo. Whatever, that's fine, right? I understand that. I just quickly Googled if you can copyright a hand gesture, and generally speaking, according to a couple places I looked, you can't. Uh, but if you have it a part of a logo or something, you can. So if it's another deal where the Young Bucks have to like take down merchandise with it on there, then that's you know sort of whatever. But you can't stop them from doing it, I don't think. So uh, I wager this will probably – I don't know if this will get taken to court because I, I don't know if the Young Bucks want to get into a legal battle with WWE where they have you know just way more resources than they do. But they they might be able to get away with still being able to do the gesture and they just can't put it on shirts anymore or something like that. And maybe they can't say too sweet. I mean because maybe the, the, the phrase or the wording too sweet is mm-hmm. copyrighted. So maybe – but maybe they just do the gesture and then leave it at, at, as it is, right? Yeah. It, it, you know, it, it's like you know a band saying that you know the you know when you do the the horns for rock out, you know, I mean you're gonna copyright that. I mean, there's a guy that you know started it all. I mean, does he own it? You know, things like that. It's just so silly. It's a hand gesture. Come on, yeah, whatever. Suck I, it up. <laughs> yeah, come on. It's just it's it's really ignorant. But that's WWE. They're gonna do what they want to do. They're making a point to the young bucks. Well, look. You did something to make us a little aggravated, so we're going to aggravate you even more. And it's a, this is, once again, it's a terrible thing. And I, and I mentioned on, I uh, believe, on the SmackDown show, if I'm not wrong, uh, this past week, to Harry. I really thought, you know, to myself, with this whole situation, and maybe I've had a Paul, uh, this conversation with me in the past, Paul, but, you know, with the Young Bucks being a young tag team that, you know, has done a lot of things, they've had a lot of fun, 
And you're taking away the, the suck it thing from them. They're basically young enough to still come over to WWE if they ever wanted to, and if WWE ever wanted them to come. Mm-hmm. I think it'd be great if they put the Young Bucks in WWE and then just gave them the DX gimmick. Just said, hey, you're the new DX. <laughs> oh, well, why not? Don't you think it would get over? I mean, people still pop for the DX music. They still pop for the look. Why not have a new young DX appear on WB television? I think they pop for the guys who are in DX, right? It's not like we've never seen them try to do, uh, you know, a, a different kind of DX or anything like that. So it could work for all I know, but it's very much like, oh man, it was Triple H, and it was HBK, and it was X-Pac, and it was the New Age Outlaws, and it was those guys, you know, and the gimmick just sort of, you know, helped already. Because HBK, whenever that started, was already pretty established, right? This was his... Mm-hmm. His big heel turn and everything. So, like, all that was still there for him, and Triple H was coming up. And, you know, you had – is I think you had, I think it's more for the guys. I, not to say that if they did it today and the generation that we are in right now with wrestling being such as it is where if you've shown up on the internet three times, people probably know who you are, that it wouldn't work, right? I, it, I think you see it all the time, especially with the big indie acts that come over and they don't mess with them and they just show up and people know them, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not saying it wouldn't work, but I don't. I don't know if it would be the same, right? I don't know if you would get that same reaction. I don't know if you'd have people turn on it. You know, it's we're a fickle bunch. <laughs> no, and I get that. You're gonna have your smart marks that are just offended completely by it. Mm-hmm. But guys like me, and this is just myself. I'm not even speaking for you, Paul, or Sean, or anybody else. I think that that D-Generation X thing can live on if they really wanted it to. You've got established music. You've got established look. And if you have the right personnel, you can pass the torch on and have it. Just like we talked about the the Nation of Domination. Remember how we were all into it before it became the New Day? Mm -hmm. How we were thinking the New Domination and how excited we were about that? Because, hey, that's a great idea. Our society has gotten back into that realm of this is relevant. And I think our society has gotten back into that realm of we are rebelling. Look at the protests around the world, around the, especially in America, right? People are protesting. They're upset. They're, they're not happy with their government. They're not happy with their jobs. They're not happy with each other. And a group like Degeneration X coming out and just telling everyone else around them to suck it and, you know, to that they're the rebellion. They're doing what they want to do. No matter what you say, they'll do whatever. That's something that I think still fits in this society now. For a time there, it was kind of not relevant. But I think it's back and relevant again. And I think guys like the Young Bucks with the charisma that they have could get that back over. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, if you're saying, oh, Mojo Riley and somebody else is going to do it, then that's just – I'm just going to throw in the trash. <laughs> I, I just – you know that's a waste of my time. So that's my point about the young bucks. And and, and I brought all that up to say this, Paul. I, I think this definitely is a big hindrance because I think the young bucks would be amazing just to, at even at the end of their career to come over and have a WWE run, just to come over and do it. Right? It would be great. But I think stuff like this and the way WWE is treating people in the indies, especially like the young bucks, it's a big disservice. And not only that, that's going to make them not want to come ever. Mm-hmm. And we'll never get that opportunity to see the Young Bucks in a WWE ring, and that would bum me out. You know, I just I would love to see him at least one time do it. So, who knows? 
Uh, well, there's other news we got to talk about tonight. Let's jump into something else really quickly here. Uh, let's talk about the situation where, uh, you know, WWE's got something else going on here that I, I found kind of interesting. And uh, right now, if you want to look up the reports, uh, they, WWE has apparently been talking about bringing back Caitlyn. Yeah, the former women's champion, Caitlyn. That's uh, kind of interesting and news to me, Paul. Uh, only because, you know, from my understanding, she has her own clothing line now. She's completely happy with what she's doing. I recently heard her on Jim Ross's podcast saying, well, it's not out of the realm of possibility, but she's really happy about her brand and what she's doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, she also, uh, I, I, I don't know if this is still happening since she got divorced, but she was also involved with her husband's vitamin line and all that, too, where she made some stuff there, but... Uh, yeah, you're right. She has the clothing line. She does a whole bunch of stuff on social media. Uh, she she's kind of found life afterwards, but uh, this is primarily surfacing off of uh, the one. And she recently got back into a ring out. Uh, I think where she lives for, and I forget the name of the promotion too. It's the first time she'd been inside a ring in four years. So um, I liked Caitlyn. I thought she was great. Uh, she's. I, you know, she's another one of those that, that fell in the middle and was sort of leaning closer and closer towards what they're doing now. Um, I, you know, I, I'd be fine with it. I, I really enjoyed Caitlyn's work. I thought not her and AJ Lee together were just money. So if you if you find a way to bring AJ back with this too, I'm down. <laughs> yeah, I know you are, Paul. <laughs> no, you still try to live in her phone, don't you? I'm still there. Yeah, I, I, I will never say I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it, Paul. Yeah, I mean, if that's the way you get, you know, her back, that I'm sure. But you know, I I'm be honest with you, I was never a giant Caitlyn fan, right? I mean, I thought she was fine. I kind of honestly looked at her more as a transition champion, kind of. Like this is the superstar that they have here now because they've yet to find the other big one. Mm-hmm. So that's who they have. And, and that is just me personally. I know there's a lot of the Caitlyn fans out there, and I don't think she's terrible. I'm just not a big into Caitlyn like some other people. So, you know, good for her. If she wants to come back, I think it's great. If WWE is interested, there's got to be a reason. But it's a little shocking to me that they even are interested for the fact that they've got a lot of other prospects right now in NXT. Uh, and, and of course, a lot of the women uh, from the May Young Classic mm-hmm. that are out there that are up in age that have plenty of experience that they could bring and put on Raw or SmackDown tomorrow, and it probably would not be a bad idea. I think they're they're because they're still in that transition. I think from they so they they have all the four horse women that they brought up from NXT already, which was the first crop, and, and they're slowly. They're sort of slowly bringing in the next, right? But they need... I think both brands still need people now uh, to kind of keep it fresh. And I think with WWE, they're going to fall back on people who have been around, who have a name. I think Caitlyn certainly has some of that. I I don't know if her skill is going to be sort of up to where I think they want it to be now. Uh, But, I, I mean, she has the name, she has the look, and she's very different. And I think that counts for a lot for WWE. So if they do bring her back, I don't know if she'd spend any time in NXT or the Performance Center or anything like that, or if they bring her straight up or whatever. But I obviously it's going to take time for her to get back into shape and, and trying to get her back in the pace of everything. But I, I think they need people now, and I think that's sort of where they're at. Yeah, I, I can understand that. I think you're on to something there. Uh, and you do have to have people who are established where – 
people aren't having to relearn new people mm-hmm. all the time, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I think you have a point there. Uh, what's good for them right now is they still have Paige under contract, and she could be back as early as next month. So that's another name to throw in the mix here to kind of help that division. Yeah, she got cleared earlier this week. Reports are still saying she's going to show up on SmackDown, uh, which is great. I, I I enjoy Paige's work. It's just like like we've said so many other times, you know, it's not really going to be so much what we see on TV. It's going to be what we read about afterwards, you know, or something like that. So uh, I'm still excited for her. if she manages to turn this around. People love redemption stories. You see it in sports all the time. Uh, I don't think this would be any different. Yeah, I think you're right. So let's see what happens with it. I, I know I'm quick to judge, so I won't do it again. I, I'm just going to have to wait, see, and really hope that, you know, like you said, that redemption story becomes true. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's talk about the fact that there is something going to happen or apparently uh, it could be, you know, happening. Uh, the Rock and Roll Express, you know, those guys that went to the Hall of Fame last year. Well, guess what? It looks like they could be facing Gallows and Anderson at Stark. Arcade, and uh, this is something that's a little bit shocking to me, uh, but it's really interesting, and they know this could be on the network. I'm not sure if they they haven't announced it yet, but this is going to be nuts. They have not announced it to be on the network yet. It's still being advertised, I guess, as sort of a high-tier house show uh, because it's it's so close to the holidays and they want people to show up and all that, but I, I mean, you're kind of getting a treat now if you're out there in North Carolina. Rock and Roll Express against Gallison Anderson. I've watched that. I think this could be really fun. <laughs> they were yeah. great in the Apocalyptico on over whenever the Hardys were still in TNA. <laughs> that it, it just yeah, you're right. I love that. That was hilarious. Yeah. It was fun. I just love uh, you know the <laughs> the, the crane. I, I still can't get over. <laughs> him <laughs> being stuck on the crane yes. uh, I forget which one it was but uh, one of them got stuck on the crane and I loved every minute of it so. I think it was Gibson, the, the black hair one right? no, no, it was the the, the, oh, the white hair uh, that's Ricky Morton then Ricky Morton, thank yeah. you yeah, that, I love Ricky Morton being stuck that was so amazing uh, but you know, you're talking about Apocalypto, that means you're talking about the Hardys which means we do have to talk about Jeff Hardy and the sad news we got, and of course you saw him on Raw, but and the outside the ring capacity, you're going to get a lot more of that. Uh, sadly, he's going to be out about six months. Huh. It, yeah, that's a man, that's a long time mm-hmm. not to have Jeff Hardy on television or in the ring in general. Um, but needless to say, the reason this is taking place is because he tore his rotator cuff, which is ouch enough, um, but he also tore his labrum. Uh, that's, oof, I, I just, yeah. I couldn't imagine. So sadly, if you're a Jeff Hardy fan, uh, you better hold your horses cause you got to wait a while. Supposedly Matt has been pitching stuff like crazy for singles run. Um, uh, since this has sort of come out, like he's got plenty of material to keep himself fresh. Uh, maybe we finally get some version of, uh, being, you know, awakened and all that good stuff. I maybe that that'd be fine. I guess since they're still not figuring out about the whole broken stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's something, right? I, it, for me personally, I still want them to go through what I, I know. It's kind of repeating what TNA did at one point, but I would love to see him go through a situation where he bangs his head 
or something happens to him where he becomes even more awoken. Mm-hmm. I think it just needs to take place because then we can get full on Matt Hardy and not have to have this in between guy because it's still awkward at times to watch him, right? Oh, he's version one with a little bit of broken sprinkled in. I mean, if you if you follow him on Twitter, he keep, like he'll go back and forth between all of his personalities. Like he's trying to find the one that's going to stick uh, between everything he's ever done. So mm-hmm. it's it's sort of like because um, you know there's all that talk before he left TNA of lifetimes, uh, and that's sort of I guess what he carried over is it's all just sort of blending for him. Yeah, I, you know, I, I I'm just kind of one of those people that. Unless you're playing the part of a multiple personality, then stick to something. <laughs> stick to one thing. But you that's might as just well me. Be multiple personality at this point. <laughs> you know what? He, he, he's the one guy that could pull that off, though. Yeah, I think he could. The one guy that could. All right, I'll be honest with you. I wouldn't have a problem with it as long as it didn't come out to be corny, where he's got new theme music every other week, right? So even if it did. <laughs> Yeah, I just kind of right now. Okay. <laughs> I'm still a little burned by this whole Ziggler coming out to all this theme music. That's kind of like okay. That's fair. He's mocking uh, that. He's not being those people. Well, I don't know. He did. He did do an Undertaker impression, so maybe he is. Yeah. I don't know anymore. Well, which Harry Broadhurst did say is pretty blasphemous, and <laughs> so. Uh, let's talk about something that's really neat. Mike and Maria Canellis are expecting their first child. This is kind of cool. Um, although it does seem like, hey, you got signed to the WWE and suddenly Mike has a drug problem and now you're expecting a baby and boy, um, it doesn't exactly look great. <laughs> I'm super happy for him, right? I mean, children are, are awesome and they're, they're so much fun, but I, if I'm WWE, maybe I feel a little... Jilted? I don't know. Yeah, in a way, yes. Um, I, I kind of feel the same way. Uh, but here is the interesting thing of what was their main goal in, in them? And really, was it to get Mike over? Really, was that the case? Because I think they came into it in a weird way if that was the goal. Mm-hmm. I really do. I don't know what they wanted to do with Mike. Maybe he was never meant to be anything major. Maybe he was supposed to be a mid-card guy, which is okay. And then they basically the reason that he was even there is because Maria's back. Mm-hmm. So with her being pregnant, it kind of puts things out of play. But the positive thing is that she's not wrestling. And if they really wanted to get them on TV, they could still do it until she is super prego. Mm-hmm. Then maybe they don't do it, you know. Of course, safety reasons, things like that. Yeah. So who knows? Um, but yeah, you're right. I mean, Mike could still be there. It just will be without her, mm-hmm. and I don't think that really sells well. <laughs> so I'm worried. I- I'm with you. If I'm WB, I'm thinking to myself, "What did you come up here for? The insurance? <laughs> you know, Probably. even though they don't get, even though they don't get insurance, but well, whatever, you know, you know, money insurance. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly the insurance they want, and uh, so you know. It is what it is. Congratulations to him. I, yeah. I just, I'm with you, man. I, I kind of feel like that they, they may be on Rocky Road with Vince. They may need to name that first child after him. <laughs> I'm just saying, if they want to continue working, maybe you call the the baby Vince. Vincent so. K. Canellis, huh? There you go. <laughs> Classy move. Uh, well, you know, Cody Rhodes. He's a guy that's been around, and uh, just to let you guys know, well, he's going to be around Ring of Honor for a little bit longer for sure. Uh, he signed an exclusive deal with them, 
And this is for around 65 dates. And then he's also got around, I think, 35 dates with New Japan. Mm. So this is a, a kind of a cool deal. You know, he's really expressed his enjoyment about being with Ring of Honor. So this exclusivity thing only applies to here in the States. So uh, any of his dates that he has left on the indie circuit are going to run up until the end of uh, – we're running up until the end of last month. However, overseas, he's still free to work for uh, however many indies he wants, I think, outside of Japan. I assume he can only work in New Japan there. But uh, everywhere else, Europe, England, he can go over there do whatever he wants, right? So this is really cool. Uh, this is something I know Ring of Honor pushed for pretty hard. And it, Cody eventually, I guess, had to settle down somewhere, right? I mean, he could. I don't think you could do that schedule that he was doing for years upon years upon years without. Like he, he was everywhere. It's ridiculous. You know, I think it's Johnny Cash or one of those old country stars that used to sing "I'm an Everywhere Man," mm-hmm. and that's exactly what Cody Rhodes was. That's exactly what Cody was. Uh, yeah. <laughs> So, I mean, that's that's wonderful. And like you're saying, you know, he he's still got his youth. He's still, you know, in the prime. But, mm-hmm. you know, all that travel, all that wear and tear on your body, it's just not a smart idea if you're wanting to go long term. And I think that is his goal. He, he's established himself. He did that already. He's done a lot of great things. So, you know, settling down here just for a, a little bit here and working specific days, getting some things, you know, in control and not so everywhere, I think works for Cody. And, and it's not bad. It's not going to take him away from being the big star he is. He's going to stay relevant. So I, I just I'm with you. I think it's a smart move. Yeah. Good job on his part. Uh, one I also mention really quickly here something about New Japan, and that is the fact that they are returning to the Young Lions Cup tournament. Let's talk about that, Paul. Yeah, I'm super excited for this. They're they're bringing back their their Young Lions Cup tournament that they used to run uh, in the early to mid 2000s. Uh, they're going to run it on their Lionsgate project shows, which is basically their NXT, where the Young Lions get some more experience. It's uh, similar to the G1, right? It's a round-robin tournament, but it's, it's a much smaller field. So you only have uh, Rin Narita, you have Tetsuhiro Yage, you have, uh, and then the usuals, right? Uh, Shota Yamino, Hirai Kawado, uh, Tomoyuki Oka, and Katsuya Kitamura. This, I'm really excited for this. I love all the young lions here. Uh, Rin is still new, so I'm assuming he's really only here to take falls, and I would assume Yage is to a, a certain degree as well. But the other four... Uh, would say that you're probably going to be looking at more of your winners in that case, and then realistically, it's probably only between Oka, Kitamura, and Kawado. But I don't think you could always say that for other Young Lions tournaments, so this is really exciting and something to keep your eye on, and something that hopefully gets more people to watch Lionsgate projects, because they're really fun shows. Yeah, it's really exciting, and I think this is super smart on their part. I just, you know, really get intrigued by those young lions and what they have to offer, what the future is, and to see them get back to this, it's a super cool deal. So good job, New Japan. Once again, a smart move. Ethan Page is left Evolve, Paul. Can I tell us about that? Yeah, uh, so he he said his, his it sounded more on Twitter like his deal was basically up. He was there for three years. He worked his last date during the, their last shows that they had here, and that was it. A lot of speculation is out there that he might be leaving because of the lawsuit, even though he said he isn't. Uh, so I don't want to put that out there. That's a fact or anything. But he does own his own promotion in Canada. It sounded like he just wanted to 
really focus on that. There's there's a ton of talk apparently from Canadian promotions about really wanting to get that same buzz that uh, England has about them, right? That it's just like this can't miss territory. You have all these great promotions going on, and to a certain extent, you do. Um, but it, it's just it doesn't have that value yet. So I, maybe that's what he's sort of leaving to focus on to make that into something bigger. But uh, Page has been something I think Evolve has booked pretty steadily as one of their top guys, and him leaving sort of leaves a void for a lot of other people to take over, and it's not like Evolve doesn't have um, a lot of great talent on the roster. They do. It's just this this one's going to kind of leave a hole. Yeah, and that's an interesting you know part about this. Like you said, it, 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 you know they can move on, but that hole that's there, you know, how well can they overcome it, right? Mm-hmm. And how, how can they fill it, and what will work? And that, that's that's a lot of questions to answer. But in the end, they'll figure it out. And you know, like in wrestling, you just move on. Yeah. You go to the next thing. You know, I, I remember at a time, it's uh, hilarious, I still think about this, but I remember that time, and it's embarrassing to say this, but when CM Punk walked out the door of WWE, and I kept thinking to myself, how can this be? What What are they going to do? He's one of their bigger stars. I mean, is other people going to follow him? All those knee-jerk reactions I was having at that time makes me look ridiculous now, but I saw that giant hole in WWE. Well, they took care of it. Not a problem. They It took a minute to get but they needed to get done. Mm-hmm. And I think the same way it will work here in Evolve. It's just, you know, it's a process. It'll get done. So, yeah. uh, One last thing here, and it's a really quick thing here. Uh, Billy Corrigan will be taking over to the NWA October 1st. So, I mean, at least he uh, finally has a date. Right. Uh, all the, the NWA licenses uh, run out for all the indie promotions the day beforehand. Apparently, he's already filming stuff with an old NWA territory out in Hollywood that still has TV, which is uh, Championship Wrestling on Hollywood. Uh, so that's kind of cool. Like You're sort of starting to see, I guess, the first pieces line up for him. But at least we can stop talking about will he or won't he take over. It's kind of all official and in the bag now. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so and, you know, and I invited him to Cheddar's to celebrate, um, <laughs> but he has yet to take me up on that offer. So, and, and if you're listening around the world or maybe in the U.S., you don't know what Cheddar's is. It's this wonderful little restaurant here. Uh, I think they have several around different places, but mm-hmm. you know, I just love it. So, Corgan, anyway. you're missing out on a good time, man. You got to take him up on it. Yeah, see, there you go. See, and Paul has some good advice. Uh, well, there you go with quick hits. It's a lot of good stuff tonight. Really excited about the wrestling news we had to talk about. But now it's time for us to jump into some of these reviews. And like I told you before, some of them are going to be quicker than others. Uh, but trust me, there are lots of great stuff here. You're not going to want to miss out. So let's go ahead and start with Lucha Underground, Paul. All right, Uh, so as Gary has said, this is the first part of four episodes that will go across Ultima Lucha 3. We get the highlight package, which goes over tonight's matches, right? So um, you're going to have the Tejano Famous B match, and you're going to have the Three Stages of Hell. Before we get into that, they view Well, I guess I'll go into that when we get to that match. First up, though, uh, Tejano takes on Famous B. Famous B, however... Uh, has said he's talked to Dario, and since he is hurt, it is actually going to be a handicap match. Uh, so he made a call uh, to a doctor that we all know well as Dr. Wagner Jr. 
he comes in. They work about a four and a half minute match or so. It's pretty short and sweet to the point. Brenda gets up on the apron. She kisses Tejano to sort of shock him. Famous B gets the surprise roll up, and Sean is groaning somewhere right now as Famous B gets the win and control <laughs> of Tejano's contract. Yeah. And, you know, a decent little match here, right? <laughs> I mean, the Dr. Wagner thing, I think, was supposed to be a big pop, and, and which, fine, what it is, right? Yeah. Uh, so uh, the, the one thing that makes me sad about this is we may never know what happens because Famous B and, you know, controlling Tejano, mm-hmm. well, I mean, if we never have a season four, yeah, we, won't we, know. Yeah, we won't know. So that kind of sucks. And uh, I, I'm sorry, but I love the reaction that Brenda got when she kissed Tejano. I, oh, my God. That <laughs> was like what she said. No. What, what is it? I heard she, her go, oh, or something <laughs> As as she she goes up to the camera as they're all sort of beating their retreat and says, "Oh, he tasted like barbecue sauce." <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> wow. <laughs> I I had to pause when I was watching it because I I was laughing way too hard. <laughs> that is too awesome. I, I guess I just missed that one. I I just remember her reaction after kissing. Him. Oh, oh it, it's oh. so great. It's, it was ecstasy or something, right? It's, <laughs> it must have been pretty good barbecue sauce, that's all I can must say. Have been. <laughs> like good old JR's barbecue sauce, baby. You know, sadly, I think that's what my wife probably tells most of her friends. Because so. <laughs> I love barbecue sauce. It, it's, a, it's no secret. I so. mean, there, there are worse things you could probably come away with, right? I mean, oh, yeah. It's not onions or anything. <laughs> <laughs> Garlic, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, a, a little fun little match here. It just, once again, makes me sad that if we don't get our next step. Because I want to follow the storyline. I'm enjoying this whole thing between Brenda and Famous B and all that. It, it's just a blast. So Yeah, I agree. I, I want to see where it goes, too. But if we're never meant to know, so far, Lucha Underground seems like they're going to make such an end that it's going to be remembered for a long time. And this Hell of War match, it just... Oh my god, Dante Fox, take on Killshot, it's basically three stages of hell. Uh, the first fall is first blood, which I found very interesting, because this is usually a later fall thing, and they, they do it first up, and it, it it will eventually play into the match very, very well, right? So first blood, these guys go back and forth, they wrestle all over ringside, basically, lots of chairs, lots of ladder spots. Lots of flippies like you would expect from these two. Uh, eventually, AR Fox goes backstage and comes out with a pane of glass and sets it up in the ring on a bunch of... Uh, or it ends up getting brought into the ring on a bunch of chairs. And they fight over it, and Killshot ends up... Uh, Kill, Killshot ends up getting backdropped by Dante Fox through the pane of glass. Glass goes everywhere, everybody is bleeding... Like Killshot's back is just a mess, and Fox covers for the first fall here. But th- this this first fall was really just, I think, a taste of the insanity to come, Gary. <laughs> oh my God! And you know when I saw that giant piece of glass, I, I think it was uh, Striker or Vampire. One of the two said, "This is a pool-sized piece of glass," and which it looked like it. 
It, it very much was. And uh, the fact that I love Dante Fox telling the referee, you're going to help me or you're going to bleed. <laughs> 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 oh, man, I, I'll help you whatever you need, man. No, don't worry. Don't hurt uh, me. Please, God. <laughs> yeah. I'm okay. This is Lucha Underground. I could die. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, yes, uh, he, uh, he, he obliged. So, yeah, it was nuts. And I was really curious to see how that spot would go. And boy, it was a complete mess in a great way. And, you know, I really kind of the first thing I thought of was, man, it's like I'm transformed back in time to ECW just to see all the glass, all the blood. And the fact that even the referee was involved in this where he's going to bleed because, well, he's got to count and he's got to do all this stuff. And they, I love also the commentary says, why didn't he have him sweep the ring? Like he, every every time they fall, every time they do anything in this ring, they're going to get cut. And they already have glass in them. Every time they fall, it's going to go deeper. So there's a lot of things in this first fall that are so impactful. They keep you thinking. They keep you interested. And I, I, I just thought it was a great first fall. Yeah, this was incredible, right? And as you just said, it plays into everything that's coming up. So uh, the second fall is no disqualifications. Uh, Killshot is a bloody mess. He remains that way throughout uh, because, as Gary said, they keep getting caught up on the glass at different points and more people keep bleeding from different areas. Uh, there's a great visual, too, where at the very beginning of the fall, Fox picks up Killshot and uh, does like a forearm smash across his back, basically, and comes away, and his arm is just covered in Killshot's blood. It is absolutely... Uh, both disgusting and awesome all at the same time, right? So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I keep thinking. I hope they had a blood test. Yeah, awesome. yeah. There's uh, there's gonna be some testing after this for sure. <laughs> uh, we get some more battling around ringside, more ladders involved. Eventually, however, Killshot pulls out a barbed wire board, uh, and ends up setting it up in uh, I, th- I believe it's a corner, and then Killshot power bombs Fox through it. Uh, just unbelievable that that's the second fall. Uh, well, basically it leads to the second fall storm cradle driver is what puts it away in the glass. Uh, I should mention, <laughs> and I, it's, it's all tied up at one, one and everybody's dying, Gary, and I'm losing my mind. Uh, you, you're telling me, and <laughs> yeah, you can say the driver was what put him away. No, it was the barbed wire mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that put him away. That looked that's so awful. painful. Yeah. I like they mentioned, oh, they tore the skin off his back, completely ripping his back, and then they showed it. And I was like, oh my God. You know, it's been so long. I, I've, you know, desensitized myself with all this family friendly stuff, <laughs> you know, with WWE. And then I'm seeing this again. I'm horrified. And I'm just forgetting all the Attitude Era and ECW stuff. So I'm getting brought back into it. And I, I should be, you know, into the realm of remembering this stuff. It's just, it looked like it hurt so mm-hmm. bad. So they did a great job here. Second fall. It wasn't a disappointment, Paul. I was really concerned. They're not going to be able to overcome that first fall. The rest of it's going to be downhill. Mm-hmm. No, <laughs> they kept it ramped up here. Yeah, they, they sure did. And they sort of, it, it kind of dips a little bit here at the beginning of the third fall, which is basically a stretcher match. Uh, they called a medical evac. Uh, and you have to stretch your guy over to this medical truck they have at one of the rampways. Uh, and that spot that Gary mentioned where uh, it's basically a Death Valley driver onto the stretcher, 
uh, and A.R. Fox leaves a piece of flesh behind because his back is so torn up from the spot in the glass, uh, and they zoom in on it, and it's as absolutely nauseating as uh, Gary just made it sound because it it's truly is a piece of flesh. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> uh, they basically work their way up into the... Um, into the crowd, and then they work their way back stage up onto this little the the area where they have the band, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, kill shots sort of crawling towards the edge, uh, and down below is where the truck is, right? But the commentary plays it up like Dario, who, as uh, we all know, loves violence, has had this big structure set up, and it's basically a bunch of chairs holding up a pane of glass over some tables. So it's it's a very precarious position, and there's some bottles up there, and as Killshot uh, is sort of crawling away from Fox, Fox shows up uh, and goes to sort of pick him up and look to do something uh, sinister. However, Killshot grabs one of these empty bottles and smashes it over Fox's head. He gets all loopy and dives off the end and, and goes through about two tables and that pane of glass, and it's it's... It's a mess, and I'm pretty sure he died, because you can do that in Lucha Underground, and Killshot pitches Fox in the back of the truck, and that's all she wrote, and I'm out of breath both now and then, and I just, this was unbelievable. It's such a great match. Uh, it was, and I, like I said, I was really concerned it was going to be downhill from the first big spot. And they really capped off each round of this, you know, three levels of hell match with spectacular moments that made you you just take those snapshots that won't leave your mind. And it was just spectacular all the way through. I was entertained. I loved it. Sure, I felt bad for both these guys. (laughs) They went through a lot a ton. Mm-hmm. And so the bloodbath was fun for us to watch. I know that they worked really hard to, to put on that show. And I, I, I got to give them all the credit in the world. Just, I really, really enjoyed this. And wow, Lucha Underground, you didn't disappoint. Yeah, they they went out there and just absolutely crushed it and left you wanting so much more because hopefully Ultima Lucha 3 only gets better from here. Yeah, I, I sure hope so. So, what a great way to start Ultima Lucha. Really happy that this is the way it has worked out to start the whole thing. And looking forward to uh, what we get next. So, mm-hmm. that is Lucha Underground. Uh, you know, once again, a lot of fun to watch. Now, let's jump into some other stuff that has been going on in the world of wrestling. And that is Ring of Honor. So, basically, we missed Monday's show, which we're kind of combining all the shows. So, we're going to kind of quickly go down the card here. Uh, Paul... You actually got a chance to watch Death Before Dishonor. Uh, so we're about to jump into Ring of Honor, and when we do, he'll kind of break down the card. I'll make, make a few comments, and then we'll do this week's episode of uh, Ring of Honor. Sounds like a plan, man. Let's do it. All right. So... Uh, Death Before Dishonor opens up with the six-man tag of the Kingdom taking on Mark Briscoe, Jay Briscoe, and Bully Ray to decide who will get the six-man tag team title shot later on in the evening. This was, I think, a pretty solid opener. You got a lot of back and forth here. 
Uh, the kingdom looked great. The TKO Ryan teases doing the the somersault or the springboard moonsault that got his leg broke in the same building last year. Um, however, he uh, he ends up getting cut off before he can do it. So we don't know if he had the bravery to redo it or not. <laughs> but it <laughs> <laughs> takes guts, uh, kid. Say that again. Sorry. I was just saying that it would take some guts. <laughs> it would absolutely take some guts. Uh, uh, Taven ends up getting left alone in the ring. Uh, he ends up getting put up by Bully Ray for a doomsday device with which Mark hits, and that's what gets him the win. And Jay looks really unhappy on the outside after witnessing this. He grabs a chair and comes back into the ring and just whacks it over Taven's head for a bit of revenge before taking his leave. Uh, so it is going to be the Briscoes and Bully Ray later on in the evening getting that title shot. Uh, and then we get to see some footage of the Bullet Club looking around for Hangman, who they've papered the arena with flyers that just say, where's Hangman? There's a big picture of Adam Page on there. It's so funny. <laughs> this is amazing. And if you haven't watched the Elite, you know, their videos and all that on YouTube, you need to go because this is so awesome. <laughs> uh, but, yes, this is an awesome fight. And, you know, I think, you know, the way this match worked out and, and the fact that the Briscoes and Bully Ray getting the title shot, I mean, it, it works. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I really kind of, you know, also have no problem with the Kingdom doing it as well, though. So kind of interested in, in the way they went, but I get it. Yeah, yeah. There's there's a lot to touch on whenever we come back to that. But first, we have Chucky e. T, Chuck Taylor, however you want to call him, taking on Marty Scroll here for a match that really had no build to it. This was really great. The crowd was into it. Uh, they really they battled all over ringside. They went out into the crowd some too. Chuck Taylor is just a madman these days, and it's awesome. Marty, however, ends up getting the win with the chicken wing. Uh, Chuck Taylor has to tap out after a uh, distraction from the referee. This is, uh, I, I really enjoy this. This is very, very good stuff for literally nothing that had just no story, just a challenge. And and sometimes, you know, you don't really need that when you got two names in the ring that are going to put on an outstanding match. So that's not a problem. Yeah, not at all. Uh, next up, you have the Las Vegas Street Fight. Jay White taking on Punishment Martinez. About 14 minutes. I thought this was really good. You have a lot of... Um, they do a great job, first of all. They, they, it feels very different from what we're going to get later on with the Last Man Standing match, too, because they sort of... It seemed like they both figured out, like, you're going to do this, and you're going to do this, and we'll use these weapons, and you'll use these, and that's what's going to make it feel different. And it very much worked out that way, because uh, there's a lot of trash can work in this. Uh, there's some chair structure stuff with Martinez just absolutely, like, destroying uh, Jay White with a uh, a last ride powerbomb onto him, followed by a, uh, a psycho driver. Jay White, however, doesn't stay down for that. However, uh, he does stay down for the South of Heaven chokeslam into a big old pile of thumbtacks. I, I'm a little surprised here, but I, I don't know how much longer Jay White's got left on his excursion. You know Martinez is going to be here for a while. He's a big monster. This really worked. Yeah, and here's the thing. You're exactly right about the excursion and what's going on with Jay Wyatt. Jay Wyatt doesn't need to beat Punisher Martinez to, to move on with his career, to do bigger, better things. And so, I, actually, I'm okay with this. And I really feel like it's a big notch on Punisher Martinez's belt. He needs to win these kind of matches. He needs to, to make a point that, you know, send me your best and I'm going to beat him. 
And it, it would be hard for us to get back into that realm of thinking of, hey, the first major contender that he fights, hey, he can't win. So I, I think this is actually going to do a lot of great things for punishment. And, you know, hey, Jay Wild will move on to the next thing. But I, I also love the spot here to end it. We'll do the thumbtacks. That's, that's a great. Yeah, it, it's it's totally worth it. I, this would be one I would recommend to go watch, Gary. You, you'd right up your alley, especially after what we just talked about. And for people out there listening, this is this is a really good match. That hasn't been a bad match on the card so far, but yeah, sure I, one. exactly. And I'm really disappointed. I we got the show a little later in the week, and I, so it kind of affected my watching and all that. But I will be going back and checking this out. Uh, after that, we get the six man tag team championship match. Uh, it's originally just the Young Bucks who come out. However, as the match is about to start, Hangman comes through the crowd. His face is duct taped, or his mouth is duct taped. His his wrists are bound together with duct tape. Uh, he doesn't care, though. He's going to start the fight that way. And he hits maybe the most beautiful moonsault I've ever seen in my life, all taped up. It's so funny. Cole Cabana is losing his mind, too, which makes it even better. Uh, this basically, however, is here to play out as an angle as... There's not really a bunch of wrestling, but eventually, uh, as it looks like Bully Ray and the Briscoes are getting up on a roll, uh, Bully calls for the tables, the Briscoes go out, get one, Jay comes back in with one, and as he sets it up against the ropes, he turns around and slams it right into Bully Ray's face, a corner of it, bounces off of Bully Ray's forehead, essentially. Uh, knocks him out. Mark is shocked on the outside as Adam Page covers Bully Ray to retain the championships. And afterwards, you have Jay go to the outside and tell Mark, hey, man, we're, we're the baddest men on the planet. We were so much more before this guy got here. We don't need him, all this other stuff. I was wanting a little bit more of a match here, but the angle is playing out really well. I kind of want to see Jay Briscoe take on Bully Ray. I think that's going to be a really great match, especially if they do... Um, you know, like a big street fight or something going into final battle. Oh, yeah, definitely. I think that'd be a really fun match to watch. I think both those guys would put on a pretty darn good, uh, you know, eventful match. <laughs> so no problem with that. If you ask me, I'm down. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, after that, you have Kushida defending the ROH World Television title against Kenny King. Uh, I don't know if it really needs to be said. This is by far a match of the night. This might be the best singles match I think I've ever seen out of Kenny King in my life. Uh, this is just really, really good stuff. About lots of back and forth. Uh, you have Kenny King's daughter uh, in the first row. You have Kushida's mom in the first row on the other side, and they kind of play into that a little bit too. Uh, eventually, Kenny King ends up countering out of a back handspring that, uh, that Kushida loves to do. Uh, counters Arana and then hits... Um, hits the Royal Flush out of it to win the championship. This was really, really great stuff. Uh, I, I can't recommend this enough. Kenny King is your new TV champion. Maybe poised to feud with Punishment Martinez going forward since they both got the most momentum coming out of this. But, man, this this was great stuff. Just imagine if Kenny King would have won the Bachelorette. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, he could have been he could have been two time TV champion. Oh, boy. But, yeah, you get it. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, in all honesty, I, 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 once again, I have to keep saying this the entire night. I, I want to see this match so bad because this is the moment I've been waiting for. I think Kenny King has had a lot of great matches. 
not, not the five star matches, but a lot of great matches where he has put in a lot of work rate, has done some good things, and has deserved his opportunity. And he's finally gotten it here. And I'm super thrilled for him. Uh, I think this is wonderful, and I hope he uses it to his best advantage, right? I, I, I sure hope he continues to strive to have the best matches he can. And good for him. That's all I have to say. It's good for him. Koshida, that's a big name. Yeah. And that's a big, big deal in my book, and I'm sure in the world of wrestling, too. So. Really happy for Kenny King. The one thing I got to ask you though is, you know, they're kind of playing off uh, Koshida's mom being in the front row, and of course Kenny King's daughter. Were, were they kind of having a little bit back and forth? I could just see Koshida's mom flipping off Kenny King's daughter. You know, <laughs> well, she's Japanese, so she's she like rudeness is just unfathomable to them. Uh, however, <laughs> <laughs> Kushida does this big move in the in the corner of the guardrail to. Uh, to Kenny right in front of his daughter and she gets up with this huge like mortified face and Kushida like bows in forgiveness to her and she bows back. It's pretty funny. <laughs> that is hilarious. It's great. Oh my god. <laughs> wow. Uh but yeah, uh this is one of the few times where I think Ring of Honor's really done the foreign champion thing right recently since they started this relationship with New Japan, you know? They built a they had Kushida come in, they want he won the title off Marty. Um had a lot of big defenses, really. You know, Kushida's a huge name in wrestling right now, and can he get in the win? I think really means a lot, not only for his career, but I think it means a lot for the crowd, too, now. Maybe he's going to get, hopefully the crowd really gets behind this guy and they can make a new star out of this, because they really do need another one. Yeah, you're not wrong, and I think he has the charisma to give it to him. Mm -hmm. I agree entirely. Uh, so next up is our co-main event, or not co-main event, but our first of three, I guess you could argue, is the last man standing match. Jay Lethal takes on Silas Young. This is wonderful. Uh, lots of brawls. You have Beer City Bruiser get involved. He ends up going through a table after missing, um, the frog splash in an attempt to repeat what they did to injure Lethal the first time around. You have, uh them eventually climb up on a ladder on the outside, except uh, Silas zip ties Jay Lethal's hands to the ladder, uh, starts punching him. Uh, however, Lethal has one of his hands free still and ends up punching back, and eventually the ladder topples over and they go through a table. And since uh, Jay is sort of, I guess, t- zip tied to the ladder, he can't get out of it, or he can't meet the 10 count, and Silas does. So Silas gets the win. And, dear Lord, hopefully this means they're actually going to push him this time because this guy needs to be a champion sooner rather than later. I'm right there with you. I I think Silas Young has this thing that just works with him, and it's, you know, partly the gimmick, but I think also just the the fact that he's a Ring of Honor guy through and through. Mm -hmm. He's showing it every time he gets in the ring. He's giving you every bit of, uh, I think, a you know, emotion and all their, uh, they, everything he has, I'm just going to say it that way. And I really love this guy. I want to see him do good things and him winning a match like this means a lot. Let's see, you know, what they'll do with him. I really hope they do have him go on a major run. Yeah, me too. I, I love Silas. I've been a big fan of his since the first time I got the chance to see him on ring of honor television. So, uh, tag team title matchup next, the young bucks defend against the motor city machine guns. Predictably, you have the addiction get involved uh, as they continue their their two man war against everything people love about Ring of Honor. 
Uh, however, they get taken out with a double Indy Taker on the outside. Uh, however, as we get back into the ring, uh, more bang for your buck gets countered, and uh, the Motor City Machine Guns hit this big double team driver uh, to put, uh, I, I believe it's Matt down for the three count, and they are your new Ring of Honor Tag Team Champions. Yeah, I mean, you know, it sounds like a you know a fun, exciting uh, end there to the match, and, and that's needed, especially for the fact that we had the addiction promising that they're going to ruin every big match, and you know they're trying to. Uh, but I think this kind of is spoiled because of the fact you got the Motor Machine Guns here, uh, Motor City Machine Guns, if I correctly said their name. <laughs> they uh, are, I, I, I mean, in a way, legendary, right? They've been around for a while. Uh, they've done amazing things, and it's not so much the fact that them winning is the big deal, but it's the fact that we've got someone new yeah, yeah. that has those titles. And I think that's a little bit more special than it just being, oh, the Motor City Machine Guns, yay! It's about someone new gaining them and seeing where they progress from there. So that makes me very, very happy. I agree. I agree with you entirely. Uh, not to mention, there's just two great guys who absolutely deserve the run, too. So. Mm-hmm. Um. Before we get to the main event, there's a lot of talk and speculation going on that this might lead to another ladder war rematch like we um like last year between these three teams once again a final battle. Would you be down? I yeah, I'm, I'm right now. Yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> I, I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> Felt like a silly question. I gave it five stars yeah. last year. I'd watch these guys kill each other every day of the week. Uh, yeah, I mean it, it. It's a it's a no brainer, and uh, I think it'd be impossible for them not to have an excellent match. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so that just leaves us with the main event: Ring of Honor Championship up for grads as Cody comes out uh, to take on the. Basically, the sadist himself, uh, Minoru Suzuki, first time in 25 years he's wrestled in the States. I wish I could say this was better. This was basic, above average, probably fits. It's, it's short. I feel like Cody really leans on a lot of the old school heel stuff that I don't know if it really works in this day and age, and especially in a main event where people want to see you get your ass handed to you for a lot of the match. It it just doesn't really work out. Like Cody definitely gets his butt handed to him. It's just I don't think it was enough or to the vigorous fashion that people wanted to see. And uh it it's not enough though. Cody eventually wins with the with the crossroads after getting out of the sleeper hold, but I don't know. I, I was expecting more and I got above average, kinda of sad. Yeah, I hate to hear that because I think a lot of people thought this was going to be one of those matches that you would never forget, and it didn't end up that way. And you know, it 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 happens, right? I mean, there are sometimes it doesn't matter who's on the card, what big names you have in front of you, doesn't always equal greatness. And I think this is just one of those times where you can't say it does, but. Cody Rhodes is still your champion, and uh, I think that was kind of expected. So at least that's one thing you got. Yeah, absolutely. But that's uh, that's all for Death Before Dishonor. Uh, I know you haven't watched it yet. If I had to put a number on it, though, despite a subpar main event, uh, the rest of the show is is phenomenal. It's absolutely worth your time. I, I, I'm going to go eight. I, it's a it's a great pay per view. Go check it out if you haven't already. Well, just by reading, you know, the synopsis, by listening to you talk about it, I it, trust me, I probably wouldn't be far behind you. Yeah, it's it's great. Uh, so let's let's talk about this week's Ring of Honor Television. 
uh, which shouldn't take very long because it's basically a four-segment show almost. Uh, they open with QT Marshall taking on Josh the Goods Woods. Uh, this is, of course, a bit of a grudge match since QT Marshall hire, hired Shane Taylor to basically annihilate Josh Woods for whatever reason. Uh, Woods, however, gets the win here with uh, with his big knee bar. I didn't think this was very exciting. I thought they were just sort of out there doing stuff. And it's not to say that the work was bad, but it just it never drew me in. I was just kind of, it's just kind of meh, you know. It's okay, so here's the thing with it. It's like you get out of a major pay-per-view, you start a new feud, and you start that new feud, and then the next time you see the two guys, it's a pay-per-view match. And it's it's just, to me, they should have waited and had this match later. Why rush it? Well, what's their goal? Is it a longer run? What are they trying to do here? And I think you don't really get much because you have Josh the good woods winning right Mm -hmm. and if he lost then okay i get it right so he's up an uphill battle or something like that him winning right away it's just to me it it doesn't do q you know qt any good why did he spend all that money if he's just came the next week to get the to get beat Mm -hmm. so i don't know i'm a little lost in translation with this one um i thought it started to look good but i'm with you on this one yeah i uh I know they want good, you know, they want Josh to be a big deal. He just, I don't think he's there yet. Like, I mean, the work is fine. Like, he's nothing super spectacular, if you ask me. But I know he's still young and everything. But they, they like, they want him to be great now, and he, he mm-hmm. does that. <laughs> yeah, they, they're they are very impatient, and it's going to take that time because you can definitely tell he's not at the point where he really needs to be because he's not comfortable in his own skin. Mm-hmm. Uh, this brings us to Coleman's pulpit, and he has the Briscoe brothers, except it's only Mark who shows up, uh, and this this glorious man has a tie like halfway on, uh, <laughs> and he's still wearing his usual getup. It's it's a pretty funny sight. Uh, Jay Briscoe, however, is not here, uh, and Caprice sort of talks to him about the big blow up they had at Death Before Dishonor, and Caprice is sort of trying to s- start to sow dissent between Bully. And Mark, it seems like, and Mark eventually goes. You know, we the Briscoes aren't going anywhere. We're still a team. Uh, Jay could use an attitude check, but maybe Bully really was a problem all along. So he's sort of riding the fence right now, right? But I thought this was a really intriguing segment. You know, it was, and I, I've been really excited about you know Coleman's pulpit for this reason. You get these <laughs> interviews that it can be entertaining. They, you know, I think. Caprice Coleman himself does a wonderful job of just, yeah. you know, presenting, you know, the guy and himself. So uh, this is just that case. And uh, I love their interaction. I love the thought process that Mark is getting pissed off because, you know, it seems like he's getting kind of made fun of in front of everybody else because it's all about Jay, 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 this, Jay, that Jay's the reason that tag team works. And I, I love the emotion, the anger. And then he kind of goes back because he's kind of a simpleton to him in a way because he's like, Oh wait, okay. Well, Oh, oh okay. I get it. You're not making fun of me. Are you? <laughs> <laughs> so I, I love all that. And I love the tie thing. Like you mentioned the tie, he takes off the tie. Like, I don't respect you now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, oh my God. That's so great. Come on. It's just, it's, <laughs> It's out there. I enjoyed it, though. Bottom line, it, it was good. Looking for more. I really am looking forward to more pulpit. Yeah, for sure. 
Uh, and that brings us to our main event, which, of course, is the Honor Rumble. Bit, it, usually a 20-man, but I think they miscounted. I think there's 21. Um, but you have Jay White coming in at one. You have Shotanaga after that. Punishment Martinez, Jonathan Gresham, Rhett Titus, uh, Kazarian at six. Uh, Will Ferrara and Alex Shelley. Uh, Rhett Titus. Uh, Sal Renaro, who's a former ROH World Tag Team Champion, if people aren't familiar. He used to be rather a, 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 leather, a bigger name on the Indies than he is now. He's kind of older now. Yeah, Shane Taylor, Flip Gordon, Jay Lethal, uh, Hanson, Chris Sabin, Bully Ray, Raymond Rowe, Mark Briscoe. And at number 20, Gary, is the man himself, the legend, Glacier. Uh, I lost my mind, Gary. I, I almost died. Ah, <laughs> uh, I know, man. And, and I thought of you immediately because I was like, yes, I can't wait for Paul to bring him up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this was great. And, and you know, it, it was just nostalgia slapping you in the face. So I, it was fun. It's so wonderful. And he's only in there for like three minutes before uh, War Machine gets rid of him. And, and I never before have I wanted to fight two men who could probably murder me in their sleep more. Yeah. A sad day. I can just see you picking a fight with him, you know. <laughs> Can't believe you did that. How dare you? Why I'll meet would you. you do it? I will see you in the parking lot at five o'clock, sir. <laughs> and just to I, see them show up and you running away. Yeah. Then I would never be seen again. Yeah. <laughs> That's sad. Yeah. Uh so we get down to the final four, which is Kazarian, Lethal, uh, Rayro, and Flip Gordon. Uh, Flip tries to do some of his flippy stuff. However, Kazarian ends up pushing him off the top rope to eliminate him. Uh, Lethal looks to try to eliminate Kazarian. However, Kaz ends up escaping his clutches and sprints across the ring practically to eliminate Ray Rowe. And then here comes Christopher Daniels to distract the referee as Kazarian gets eliminated. He comes back into the ring. Uh, after Daniels eats a lethal injection and stealthily eliminates lethal to win. He gets a title match against Cody Rhodes next week. And this allows Daniels to sort of get on the mic and put him over and restate everything we've heard about the addiction, right? The crowd has abandoned them. They're going to make him pay. They're going to make Cody pay. They're going to make everybody who's ever flocked to cheering for Cody after Daniels feel like a fool, essentially. So this is, the Rumble wasn't really much uh, in the action-wise. Like, it was fine for what it was. I love Glacier. Um, but the Kazarian win is interesting, and, and I'm kind of looking forward to the title match next week. Yeah, I mean, I, I think this whole Rumble works, right? I mean, it, it is Rumble, so it, you get all the little storylines in between and everything that kind of rounds it out. So that's it, it. It was entertaining. I'll say it that way. It wasn't over the top amazing, but it was entertaining. I, I think the Kazarian winning, it, it means something, and that's what I'm happy about. It's It's got a goal. It, it really does affect all the fans of Ring of Honor. It, it also affects, you know, the Bullet Club. Uh, because of Cody Rhodes and all that. So I think it's good. I think I, I'm kind of excited about seeing where they go with it, to be honest with you. Yeah, me too. Me too. So, but yeah, I mean, uh, it's, you know, once again, another episode of Ring of Honor that I think you can honestly say, hey, you know, good stuff. And I, I walked away very happy. Uh, but yeah, uh, that's Ring of Honor for you uh, for this week. So there you go. Uh, we're going to jump into some Global Force Wrestling. Uh, so let's go ahead and do that now. I know we don't have any music for it. We can jump into it cold, though. <laughs> 
Yeah, let's do it. Uh, we get to see Johnny Impact show up as he has this big title match with Eli Drake this evening. Uh, however, we get to jump right into the action, essentially, because it's X Division title time as Trevor Lee defends against Petey Williams. Uh, I'm still waiting for that great X Division match to just come and slap me in the face and be like, man, the division's really changed. It just, it hasn't, right? I mean, <laughs> uh, Tr- Trevor Lee ends up retaining uh, after a running double stomp on Petey. I've just this, I don't know. You had the interference still from Connolly. It just, it's not really doing much for me. It's real right. It's really not. And, you know, you can bring in an old X Division star like they did. You can have a young guy in the X Division who is talented. I think Trevor Lee is talented. I, I, I like what he does. He's, you know, maybe not a favorite, but I still think he's got some talent there. Mm-hmm. All that formula that you think that would kind of give you something special, right now it's still not special. It doesn't, like you said, st- there's nothing in this whole division and it's been a long time since it slaps you in the face and said, oh, my God, that was a great match. I love the X Division now. Mm-hmm. It, it it has yet to happen. Let's see if it you know is going to. But, you know, at, at the end of the day, I think this match itself, it was what it was. The only thing I, I really kind of came out of this happy for sure with was right when you think that the match is going to end, the old classic way, it doesn't. And... That's what I'm okay with. I, I I appreciate that. Yeah, I mean, it's still very above-average work going on in the ring. It's just I, X Division title matches used to be so great. And, and since the rebrand, I don't think they've really had one that's just been, like, over-the-top amazing. Like, they've had good X Division matches. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. That Super X Cup was really fun. It's just, like, those matches have been so much better than all the title matches we've had since then. <laughs> yeah, it, it, you're right. Exactly. Uh, LAX are in the clubhouse. They get to run down OVE as they're defending their tag team titles against them later on in the evening. And then we get the six-woman tag team matches. Gail Kim teams up with Rosemary and Allie to take on Taya, Taryn Terrell, and Sienna. And the heels go over here as Sienna rolls up Allie um, after some uh, confusion with Allie getting distracted by all the dives happening on the outside, essentially. So... Uh, this got time. I, the commercial, I think, hurt this a lot. And, you know, this is basically just here to shove everything along. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, it, it's hard because you kind of want to like it. Mm-hmm. You, you kind of want to, right? Because you root for, like, who are you rooting for, Major? I'm just kind of curious. Out of this match, who are you kind of thinking? I'm, I'm rooting for this person. Like, I still love Rosemary, right? But mm-hmm. I, I'd love watching Taya work, and I thought she was great in this too. Um, but I mean, I think you're supposed to be pulling for Allie and all this. Mm-hmm. I don't really know if that came across because everybody still loves Gail Kim. <laughs> exactly, and that's the thing. There's a lot of confusion, and I think they they really did do just that to try to push Allie, try to make her the one that people are supposed to love and care about all the the bubbly entrance and all that. And, and yet you still have, like you said, Ty is a new star, even though she's a heel and all that. People still love the new faces and things like that. So a little bit of confusion. I just don't know that I've ever been invested. And that's the biggest problem is I, 
whoever won or lost, it didn't matter. <laughs> and that's a problem. They really should have built this up stronger. I get it. This is Victory Road. It needs to be a plateau. They've got to have something. So it, this is what it is. Um, but it's disappointing because I think that they have an opportunity now with a deeper roster. They can start giving us storylines that matter and, and really grab us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, uh, I mean, I like all, every the work here. I don't want to undersell the work because the work so far in both matches has been pretty good. It's just, mm-hmm. I, I think production really hurt this one more than anything. Uh, but you're also right. I mean, the stories really, they're still, they're they're young, right? I, I mean, even though Siali, uh, wow, Siali, wow, Sienna and Ali <laughs> have a lot of history, and technically Terran and Gale do too. It's it's. It's all sort of getting muddled together into this one huge thing where I think it's getting harder and harder to tell who really hates who here. It really is. Mm -hmm. And, you know, to get through this and, you know, sometimes you may need some C. Alley, um, (laughs) you know, because it's, you know, but uh, I, you know, like you said, I don't want to undersell it. I I think they did fine. I I just want them to give me more. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Uh, Eli Drake cups a promo talking about how he's going to beat up Johnny Impact tonight. Uh, we get some highlights of James Storm saving EC3 last week from all the AAA guys. Uh, Johnny Impact has apparently stolen Eli Drake's couch and set and um, sort of cuts a promo backstage about, hey, look how great I am. I'm going to take you slam town, take your belt, and all this other stuff because Johnny's the coolest guy in the room, essentially. And then we get to a decisively low point in the show because I have to listen to James Storm talk, uh, and I immediately want to change the channel, but I can't. (laughs) Uh, And he rallies the crowd into a GFW chant and starts talking about how he's got no respect, essentially, for the AAA guys, and he knows that they have no respect for him. And we get some Mexican and Mexican jokes, and uh, this is just really dragging and then the triple a guys come out and fire back and i i don't know like this just seems so forced <laughs> and having james storm be the raw raw guy does absolutely nothing for me <laughs> i crowd was into it but i'm just like uh go away it, I, I don't even know how they get the crowd into it i mean mm-hmm. Either the crowd just loves this product or the crowd is getting $100 bills here and there. And whoever screams the loudest gets a free T-shirt. Cheer you know, $100. Kind of, Woo! Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, okay, yes, I'll cheer. Uh, so, nonetheless, I thought that was super annoying. You know me. I can't stand the raw, raw stuff. It just it's awful. Uh, do that when the cameras aren't rolling. Uh, so, here you go. You're in this whole situation. And you're supposed to really be behind James Storm. You're supposed to, you know, be against these evil AAA guys who come in or and try to, you know, take over. And then you have, you know, what you have when EC3 and comes and saves the day, right? Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't love it. I'll just say it that way. It's not awful. I, I think the storyline kind of has some ties to make sense, especially what we get later with EC3 and James Storm. Um, but I'm just not loving what we get there. So, 
Yeah, I, I I appreciate the storytelling they're doing with Storm and EC3 at least. Like they're they're not friends; they're just sort of forced to work together to stop the AAA guys. Is is where it's at. And to that end, this succeeds very well in that. I just I don't care about James Storm. He does nothing for me. I've hated him for a long time. This really sucks that I have to deal with him because I love EC3. I love the AAA guys. I want to see them work. I just uh, a, a fourth of this equation just kills any interest. <laughs> It really does, and the, the, the only thing that I'm going to say about this that's positive for, for the fact that, I mean, well, I guess I could say two things. I, I kind of like the idea of the interpromotional battle. I, I'm okay with that. I kind of think it's kind of neat. Uh, the second thing I'll say is, at least I felt like EC3 mattered to GFW again. Yeah. That is certainly very true. Before this, I don't care what title you give him, it just... It, he has felt like he has been the, the redheaded stepchild of this whole thing. And I hate that. I really, really do. Um, so, anyway, uh, you know, it, it is what it is. I mean, we'll, we'll talk more, I'm sure. There's another segment here. Um, but uh, I also want to make sure I throw out this before I forget. Uh, you mentioned uh, Johnny Impact, right, on the couch? Yeah. Um, it, you know, it, if someone just tuned in on Pop TV. And they see this guy sitting down on the couch, this girl, and he he's like, you know, on a, on a, on a zebra print couch, and he's saying, "I'm gonna take you to Slamtown." I'm thinking, "Oh wow, I just got free uh, adult movies or something." Yeah. So <laughs> I already saw where that was going. Before yeah, I, I just had to throw that out there, Slamtown, baby. Uh, James Storm is backstage and violently asks Jim Cornette for a match with the AAA guys. Uh, so next week it's going to be EC3 and James Storm taking on Tejano and El Hijo de Fantasma. And Storm says that he's basically going to ruin the entire relationship with AAA. Uh, okay. Yeah, I, I, I understand. You don't like James Storm at all. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, I, I at least appreciated the intensity. I'm going to yeah. say that. The intensity that he had, I, I think it worked. And it meant something to me because now I'm kind of like, okay, I want to see this. I want to see if they what they do. And uh, the fact that you didn't have EC3 talking, I think it meant even more. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, we get another installment of Global Forged here as they continue to look for the next guy. Uh uh, this this was largely a waste of time for me, but at least it was shorter. At least it was shorter. It was definitely shorter. Made me happy. Uh, at least the guy, you know, the, the, the one I'm just going to complain and complain about this, I guess. The one they all say is, you know, they kind of did what WWE has done a little bit, and that's like have a, a video camera there when someone answers a phone call. Mm-hmm. Things like that, and I think to myself every time I see it on ESPN, on WWE, wherever I see it, I kind of think, as eh, the hokiest piece of crap I've ever seen. They, they know that there's a camera in the car with them, so they know that something's going on. Yeah. So don't act so surprised. And it, The third guy, the very last guy, I don't even know his name, but he's sitting there, and then after he gets the phone call and he hangs up, he looks at the camera and just has a dumbest like smiley goofy face on it i was like good god i mean you just found out that your job at pizza hut may be in danger i mean okay (laughs) i guess you would have a big smile on your goofy smile whatever but he's okay with it he's okay yeah Uh, i'm okay with it too as long as they don't put him in the ring too early yeah uh up next lax defends the tag titles against ove 
a very long 12 minutes, uh, if you ask me. It starts picking up, and then you get the usual, I think, LAX stuff. Um, they come in looking to finish things off. Uh, Jake ends up cutting him off, though. Dave ends up hitting a package DDT to get the win. And uh, very anticlimactically, I would say, ends LAX's tag team title run. Yeah, it was almost like a surprise. Mm-hmm. Because I really never believed that LEX was going to lose the titles in this match. Yeah. I re- had really no inclination. Now, people could say, well, you could should have saw it coming. You know, OVE's been over, and they're coming to face a team that, you know, kind of, you know, uh, just kind of, you know, I, I can't even think of the word. They kind of punked you out, right? They kind of punked out OVE, so OVE's do this. Whatever. It is what it is. I just didn't, and it, like you said, Paul, it was very uninspiring. It was an okay match. It was... Well, what it was. Uh, but at the end of the day, good for them. Glad for OVE. Whatever. I mean, I, I, I kind of will say this. I, I'm kind of getting more interested in them. Before this, I kind of said, okay, they look like they're from the indies. They really feel like they're <laughs> an indie kind of tag team. But at least I, I felt like they are, are doing some things that should you know, make fans happy, get people behind them. And I, I kind of like the idea that they're... Not an imitation of the Hardys, but you kind of have that Hardys feel. If they, if they were a hardcore version, kind of get that feel. Mm-hmm. I mean, for sure, I, that's definitely what the, the Chris brothers are. I it just this was so early in the feud, and to have them win the belts, this I don't want to say this easy, but kind of like I mean, there's I was waiting for this to build up into something big before they did the change, and they went the other way, and I'm assuming this is going to be about change or exchanging the belts, which I am super not excited to see. <laughs> yeah, that's something that I'm a little bit worried too about. Uh, we cut to a segment where Lashley uh, is training with the American Top Team. He's got King Mo and his group with him too. Uh, Lambert puts over Lashley's MMA skills, says wrestling's a waste of time, blah, blah, blah. Oh... <laughs> Oh, God. Uh, I hated the, this so much. No, no, and all I'm going to say is, as I watch this, all I could say is shut up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't care. Shut. And it's not because, oh, you're, you guys are saying this because you're just wrestling marks and you don't give a care about MMA. It's not about that. It's it's really not. I, I'm okay with MMA. Mm-hmm. It's because this this whole thing is just annoying. It's yeah. it's it's like a little child running around in a circle saying, pay attention to me. I'm like, no, I don't care. Just mm-hmm. no thanks. Yeah, yeah. I Lambert is just not very good at the talking part, unfortunately. And hearing him yabber on for two, three minutes is just ugh, not not what yeah. I would want to do when I'm watching wrestling. You know, exactly. You could put over Lashley's MMA career all you want. He's very good at it, I think. So I... Uh, I don't mind that, and it's part of the story that you're telling with Moose, and I get it. But I don't need Lambert telling me all this crap. Just I'd rather mm-hmm. them not mention it. A hundred percent agree. Yeah. Uh, OVE celebrates their title win with Johnny Impact backstage, and basically uh, promote Johnny to do the same. Uh, and that leads us to our main event as Eli Drake defends against Johnny Impact. Twenty-five and a half minutes, super long commercial here to really drains it out of this and god bless them gfw impact wrestling tna whatever you want to call yourself you just can't help it 
Heels cannot win clean, and it sucks so bad because this match was really, really good. And then here comes the interference, and then here comes the low blow, and then here comes the air raid crash, and Eli Drake is still your champion. And When you're trying to turn over a new leaf and say you're different and then just do the same thing you've done for basically your entire existence, it's a one-way ticket to make me not care at all about the guy who I'm supposed to care about. This is a huge mistake for T. And I... I don't it, even if you know I know I go back and forth on Eli Drake a lot, but he was doing really well in this match, and then for them to do this, I I was very very sad when the show was over. Not because Eli Drake retained; I'm fine with that. It's that TNA just can't get out of their own way. They can't stop doing the same thing over and over again and expecting, you know, something different to happen. It's not. This but, just really mm-hmm. really sucks. Definition of an insanity and. Uh... That's kind of the way you feel after you watch that. And, you know, I'm right there with you. The thing that bothers me, too, is the fact that I'm really supposed to be behind Johnny Impact. And I'm really supposed to be invested in the champion Eli Drake and everything that they're doing. And this is a quick turnaround. And they're trying to get all this done really fast. And like you said, I'm okay. Eli Drake's still your champion. No problem. Mm-hmm. But the, the match was quite long. All the commercial breaks. It takes it out of you. Mm-hmm. And, and it's hard to enjoy it like you should enjoy it. And and that's another problem for me, too. And they do keep doing the same things, like you said. You know, oh, well, you know, we've always got to find a way to cheat, to win. And mm-hmm. Uh, it's Eli Drake will never be on the level of a guy like Johnny Impact, and I kind of hate that. I, it really does not set well with me because I know Eli Drake belongs at least close to the same picture, uh, in my personal opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, after the match, Eli Drake has uh, Adonis hold Impact up and holds the belt in front of him and puts a bit of a beat down on him. Here comes Garza Jr. to try to make the save. Uh, that gets foiled because LAX comes down and beats him up, and Conan shoves a fan, and it's basically chaos at the end here. Jim Cornette shows up, uh, shows up and tries to uh, to bring some order to the show as it goes dark. But I, I just, I was, I didn't care. I, I really didn't. You're, you're telling me you're different, and you're showing me that you're the same. Uh, it's just complete chaos, mm-hmm. and. I mean, what? so what's it for? I mean, is LEX actually taking over everything? Oh, wait, no, because now you have Eli Drake standing tall, and he's, you know, him and uh, Chris Masters are beating up referees. And I'm like, pick something you want me to hate. <laughs> I, either I'm really pissed off at LEX or I'm pissed off at the champion because him and his buddy are cheating. Which one? Okay, I'm starting to hate the owl. And that's not what you want. So, eh, you know, and it, that's the way we deal with things. Like you said, the definition of an insanity is you keep repeating the same things, expecting a different, you know, outcome. And uh, also in the definition is a picture of the owl. So I think that's it. Yeah, there you go. Uh, but yeah, that is, uh, of course, your GFW for this week. Uh, and of course, you know, hopefully next week we'll get some. Something that makes more sense, I think. Hopefully. We'll, we'll keep our fingers. I hope so. Oh. 
Yeah. Uh, so anyway, let's talk about something that I know, Paul, you're really interested in talking about. And so I'm going to give you the floor. We're going to talk a little New Japan, and he's going to kind of give you a rundown of what happened this past week. King of Spot. New Japan Pro Wrestling. All right, so uh, New Japan had their final destruction show out in Kobe over uh, the weekend. Lots of lots of big things happening on here. First, the th- first three matches are your basically opener fodder, right? Kawado and Tenzin beat Kitamura and Oka. Uh, Liger, Ricochet, Taguchi, Tiger Mask, Makabe beat Suzuki Goon. Goto, Yoshiashi beat Bad Luck Fale, Chase Owens. You know, whatever. It- it's your basic stuff. It's not overly enthralling. Uh, then you have Beretta's first match as a heavyweight against Yujiro Takahashi, which he wins after basically getting his butt handed to him for 99.9% of the match, uh, which makes Beretta look super weak. I, I kind of sucked. Uh, IWGP tag title matches, uh, tag team titles are on the line once again as the three same teams that have been competing across the tour Get in the ring one last time, except Killer Elite Squad manages to dethrone the champions in a really, really fun match. Lots of big moves, lots of hard hits from that you would expect. Really enjoyable. Maybe the best match out of all the Tornado Tags they had so far. And then you get to have Tanahashi and Michael Elgin take on David Finley and Kota Ibushi. This was super fun, too. I, I love Elgin. I'm a huge fan of his. But Tanahashi and Ibushi got that big Intercontinental title match coming up at Kings of Pro Wrestling. Their actions were great here. David Finley is wonderful. This is just good stuff here, too. Uh, Tanahashi and Elgin do win there. Uh, Rocky Romero, Tomohiro Ishii, and Toriyanu face off against LIJ. Basically tying into uh, Romero bringing in uh, whoever's going to be a part of Rapogni Vice 3K or, or, or Rapogni 3K or, or whatever the name's going to be. I forget. But this was solid. I thought everybody looked great. Rocky gets the... Um, Rocky ends up having a hand in the finish before uh, Ishii puts Bushi away with a brain buster. Um, this this was all really, really good stuff, and Ishii's going to be challenging Naito for the briefcase at King of Pro Wrestling, so that's going to play into that here. And then you have uh, your semi-main event in Okada and Osprey taking on Evil and Hiromu, and uh, the cat stuff has not gone away. Will Osprey has actually made hats and shirts that say I'm a cat on them and is wearing them. It, it's wonderful. It's <laughs> <laughs> awesome. And uh, Okada and Evil obviously had their big heavyweight title match coming up uh, at the uh, Rio Goku for uh, for Kings of Pro Wrestling as well. And uh, Chaos goes over here after uh, Osprey puts Takahashi away with the Os Cutter, assumingly to cement his title shot against Kushida. And then you have your main event, which is absolutely match of the year candidate worthy. Kenny Omega defending the IWGP US title against Juice Robinson. Tremendous back and forth. Uh, I swear to God, Juice probably lost about two inches of neck after a super one-winged angel from the middle rope, I would say. Um, Omega sells to Pulp Friction like a beast. Super hot finish all the way down. Uh, and it's just one juice Robinson is just a star coming out of this year for sure. He's can't miss Omega's can't miss. This is just wonderful, wonderful stuff. And if you don't go watch this, I, uh, I will shed a tear for you unless you don't like pure. So, so yeah, there you go. And you know, the one interesting thing that I 
kind of come out of this, and it's it's uh, an underlining theme is Juice Robinson. Mm-hmm. Is, is he going to come out? It just seems like at the end of this year we'll be saying that name a lot, and he may not be what we consider the superstar of the year, mm-hmm. but man, he has got to be one of the the breakout stars of the year for sure. I think absolutely breakout star of the year. I mean, he he was you know on the cusp last year, but this year he's had. Uh, he had a great match for the Intercontinental title. He had a great match for the Never Openweight title. This match with Omega, I think he's been, he's wonderful in the G1 too. I just, he's so. I, I mean, where was this when he was in NXT? Right? I mean, <laughs> yeah, such a, a great breath of fresh air. He's the personification of babyface fire, and I, I, I can't get enough of watching this guy. And and Kenny is, you know, his usual great self too. He's just killing it. Yeah, and you know what? If I ever see Juice Robinson win a New Japan title of any major subsequence, I hope he has a sign that holds up and says, you know, some kind of funny thing that kind of references NXT, you know, run. It'd be awesome, <laughs> right? I, I would love it. I, I would. Uh, I, I think that would be awesome. I'd be totally down yeah. for that. Uh, after the match, too, you have Yoshihashi come out and challenge Omega for the U.S. title. Uh, which will take place here in the States uh, during the uh, Ring of Honor Global Wars Tour in October. So that that should be really cool. Uh, and hopefully we get another great match from, from Omega and, and Yoshihashi can have a, a great match as well with the with the big man. And I'll do it. All righty there. Well, that's awesome. Well, lots of good stuff here. Uh, and, of course, you know, uh, once again, you know, New Japan's a blast, and I'm, I'm sorry. I, I now got a chance to check out that show, and usually Sean's able to fill in. So thank you mm-hmm. so much, Paul, for being able to, to cover that and, and giving us an update on what's going on over there. Awesome stuff. Uh, but, yeah, that leaves us with one thing left to do in the show, and that is crown a superstar of the week. Superstar of the week. Go for it, Gary. All right, guys. Well, we are going to talk about some big names because we just talked about a lot of pay-per-views there. So <laughs> that means we've got – we had a lot of choices this week, uh, but you'll definitely understand by the choices here uh, of you know exactly why and what. we got a point going over to Silas Young. Yeah, big winner in that last man standing match with Jay Lethal, Death Before Dishonor. Absolutely awesome match. Go watch it. Watch Silas become a, a star. Hopefully, that Ring of Honor is willing to push to the moon and back again. Definitely. And, and the one thing that's interesting here, I just mentioned that there was so many pay per views, so many big shows. It, you know, in a normal week when there's not a lot of that, guess what? This guy may be getting four to five points. So yeah. uh, that that's that shows you how good of a week we had. Uh, do we got two points moving on over to two guys, Rollins and Ambrose? I mean, what more can be said about that tag match and No Mercy this past Sunday? It's wonderful. Uh, I I had Cesaro on my short list. I wanted to give him a point just for finishing the match after having his teeth shoved up into the skull. It just sounds terrible, but these two come away with the win. It's a wonderful match. Absolutely the best thing on that show. Rollins and Ambrose crushed it. Uh, I'm going to say it for the third time here, and I don't care if I piss people off. At least I know what Cesaro is going to get for Christmas. So that's the good thing here. And that'll be the, I'll never say it again. Or at least I'll try not to. I can't promise that actually. I I know you can't promise that Gary. (laughs) I just, I love it. I can't, I can't help it. But you know, that is, 
I would give the guy himself, Cesaro, like 15 points because how do you do that? How do you finish a match when you got teeth shoved into your gums? Mm. Uh, oof. You got a pair of brass ones, that's for sure. Uh, Vince, I mean, how is he not grabbing that ring? <laughs> I mean, if he is swinging from the Raptors with that ring. Yeah, so. absolutely. Suck on that. Uh, all right. Well, we're going to give three points over to a guy named Kenny King. Uh, yeah, Kenny King captures the Ring of Honor Television Championship from Kushida and the best match of the evening on Death Before Dishonor. Just an absolutely terrific match. Great back and forth. These guys crushed it. Kenny comes away with the biggest win of his career and maybe the best match of his career. Absolutely deserves these three points. Oh, for sure. A, a guy that risked his life and gave tons of blood got four points for uh, this week, and that is Killshot. Uh, uh, Shane Strickland is just one of the unsung heroes, I think, of the indie scene right now. Uh, it, and he's one of those guys that people know, but not enough people know. You know, So uh, his work as Killshot's been tremendous, uh, but he's phenomenal everywhere else on the circuit, too. And, and this is just... Uh, what what a bloodbath those two had. Just a completely amazing match in a different way than the one we're going to talk about getting the five points. But I, what, I mean, maybe the best match of the season. Maybe the best match of the season for Lucha. This is so good. Yeah. It, it's a tremendous way to start the Ultima Lucha series, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Problem is, is can they outdo what they did there? And I don't know. I they, don't they, know either. <laughs> They got a lot of work to do to do that, but all that matters to me is I, I got a chance to see as it's an excellent match. So. Mm-hmm. We got to give our five points to a guy that is gonna be, I mean, right there in the running, Kenny Omega. Yeah, Kenny successfully defends the U.S. title at Destruction in Kobe. Wonderful match with Juice. Uh, I, I the, this match and Killshot and Dante Fox, I had both at four and a half, and it's just. Great in a completely different way, and this had a title involved, which kind of put it over the edge for us. But Kenny absolutely crushed it. Juice absolutely crushed it. It's a wonderful match. Kenny deserves these five points wholeheartedly. Even though you could probably make the same case for Killshot, we uh, we tip the we we tip our hat to titles. So yeah, that's exactly why you know Omega for sure. But other than that, but honestly, I would love to give both those guys five points. Absolutely, they they, they both deserve it. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, congrats to Kenny Omega. You are the superstar of the week. And so there you go, guys. Really excited about what we got this week. Hopefully next week gives you just as much awesome activity. Uh, some amazing matches hopefully are coming your way leading up to Hell in a Cell. Uh, so there you go. Uh, you know, sadly, next week I won't be here. Uh, but we're going to have some amazing shows take place. Paul and Sean, of course, will take the heed and just have some good stuff. So make sure you tune in next week for episode 267. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course, you know, don't forget if you haven't done it already, go subscribe, rate, and review at Wrestling to the Max. It'll get you all those shows and a lot more. Uh, really, you know, it just helps you never miss a show. And, you know, it, 
it's, it's a big deal to me because I love subscribing to my favorite podcast because sometimes I forget or I don't even think about that they had a show come out. Or maybe they missed a show and they put it out later. I never miss it because of that reason, kind of like we had to do this week. Uh, so there you go. Make sure you go do that. And, of course, you can find us on many platforms, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, YouTube just search us out and you'll find us. W2Mnet.com is the place we want to go if you're online and you want to go find our podcast, plus a lot of other great wrestling podcasts like Wrestling Unwrapped and many, many more. So please go check out those shows. Really do uh, appreciate everybody that's already done that. And a big shout out to 411mania.com and last word on ProWrestling.com. Two amazing sites that support us. We definitely appreciate all of that. Man, I, uh, you know, like I said before, it's going to be sad. I won't be able to do wrestling for a week. I know it sounds like I'm mourning already, but, you know, I just love doing this show so much, Paul. And I just love having this great conversation with you. So uh, it's just going to make me yearn for Hell in a Cell because I will be back for Hell in a Cell. Uh, so there you go. So at least I'll get to do something next week. But Yeah, at least you get to do something. But you're going to have a great time, man. Cruises are awesome. Yeah, so I yeah I can't wait. So I'll be thinking of you guys, and uh, until next time, we hope you all have a wonderful weekend, and we'll catch you uh, on Monday night. Until then, for me and Paul, we'll see you next week. Bon voyage, Gary. Bon voyage. The following podcast is a W2M Network original production. Visit W2Mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment.